Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show, I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom, and also dissect the process, behavior, and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No 9 to 5. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Satsdeva. My guest for this episode is Urmi Kothari, otherwise known as Coach Urmi. She is the founder of Kinetic Living which is a fitness and wellness boutique in Mumbai. She has a lot of medallions on her jacket. She is an IFOT master trainer. Nike training coach and a certified trainer in STOTT Pilates, kettlebells and animal flow techniques. What makes her story super interesting is her unconventional choices like devoting to a fitness routine and time management from an early age, then quitting her advertising job after graduating from college, then going for an MBA and doing it with a scoring but then again following her gut feeling and going to a small village in Kerala to live a completely different life with a dance company for three years. Then eventually returning back to Bombay and starting kinetic living. There are a lot of nuggets in terms of lifestyle choices and finding out what you truly love and following that with all your heart. In this conversation we talk about her story her daily routine, lifestyle choices, her experience while staying away from the city life for three years, tackling PCOD and a lot lot more. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Urmi Kothari. Hey Urmi, welcome to the show. Hi Manshu, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show and I'm really excited to talk to you about your story and how you created the lifestyle of your choice. So let me just set the backstory here. I got to know about you through my running circles a couple of years back, particularly Nami Mumbai runners and Mumbai runners. I think someone had posted one of your uh, push-up videos in, in a Facebook post and from there I got to uh, know about your Instagram page and I was completely fascinated seeing your work. Uh, you are really changing lives of people with your coaching and the work you share on the Instagram page and other portals. So let's dial back your story a little bit and help me and the audience understand from where it all began. Sure. Um, thank you so much for so 
all uh, i i didn't ever intended to be a coach uh, honestly and i never thought i would be a professional in the fitness industry but mm-hmm. uh, uh, i started out uh, playing sport in school and uh, that's what really got me hooked on to movement and physical fitness mm-hmm. and um, like i was a chubby kid and i just wanted to lose all the baby fat so that's mm-hmm. how i started playing but within like a month or two i was totally hooked on to the game itself and i started out with basketball and i just kept on playing it continuously for all throughout my high school and college years as well so mm-hmm. i start, because i started seeing the benefits uh, which were beyond uh, just the physical which is a lot of uh, improvement in my focus and uh, in my ability uh, and my motivation to study and plan my days so that i could play and study and get my work done at the same time Mhm. Uh, like I was never a uh, underconfident kid or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though whatever self-esteem issues I did have um because of any other reason um during school or you're not confident about yourself because just you're growing up and there is so much peer pressure mm-hmm. and because of I think having sport as my grounding I never felt that any kind of peer pressure or the necessity to conform to a particular group or to a particular type and uh, that sort of really helped me through my college and even now mm-hmm. and that was like my me time because i would be completely into the game and in the moment mm-hmm. and that sort of really helped me take my mind off a lot of other things that would be bothering me at that point either it was study related or anything related to personal issues uh that's how i started out and then uh, once i got into uh, mba school i was still playing basketball that time but i wow. also uh, ventured into uh, shamak dawar because i love dancing as well so i was mm-hmm. with shamak dawar as a student of shamak dawar for close to 2 years oh, and wow. um, then i started gymming for a while and then i was doing kickboxing for a year before mm-hmm. kickboxing became really popular so i used to learn proper technique kickboxing but all of that was so essentially movement was always has been a part of my life since now more than 20 years so wow after i did my mba i was not happy with my job mm-hmm. and uh, that's when i quit my job and i went to kerala and i that is when i turned from an amateur to a professional actually and wow. uh, first as a professional dancer but mm-hmm. the the kind of dance also that i was learning was like different it was not bollywood or it was not uh, freestyle but it was it was more indian contemporary so that was co- combining indian martial arts with uh, indian classical so wow. a lot of uh, that's how i started learning kalari paitu which is kerala's martial art and i started mm-hmm. learning a lot of yoga at that point in time and right. it was ironic because uh, i hated yoga when i was in school <laughs> and uh, i always claimed that i would never have the patience to learn yoga mm-hmm. and uh, after 6 years and after 8 years of that i just suddenly switched and i started really enjoying yoga it was right after your mba right my mba yeah so that was in 2009 it would take some courage actually <laughs> to go after <laughs> mba 
I mean, yeah, all my friends were like, oh, like, how does this justify your MBA? And I was very, very lucky. I am lucky to have a very supportive parents who yeah. actually uh, really helped me uh, translate that decision into a reality and mm-hmm. move to Kerala for that long. So wow. for three years, I was in Kerala and I was literally eating, sleeping, breathing, dance and music, uh, which was all... Uh, music was made by my gu- guru's husband, so he's a composer himself. Mm-hmm. So the kind of music that I also learned was or grew up with was very rhythm based, and it was very less lyrics, but it was mm-hmm. a lot of uh, instruments and percussion. So um, yeah, that was my life, honestly, for wow. three years and traveling, performing shows, uh, tech runs, uh, costumes, all of that, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and this fitness and kinetic living just came very, very organically into my life because mm-hmm. after I moved back to Bombay, uh, after three years, my friends were very curious as to what I was doing in mm-hmm. Kerala. And yeah. they and uh, but I was very keen that I was not going to teach dance because uh, what my guru was teaching me was not something that I was aiming to just replicate. So I started teaching a combination of athletics and movement and uh, combining yoga moves with uh, functional training moves with mm-hmm. body weight athletic exercises. And uh, then I started pursuing my certifications as well because people started really enjoying that. And then I wanted to really be authentic even as a teacher, as a coach. So then I started certifying myself. Mm-hmm. I started learning about the human body and stuff like that. Right. And uh, for the first two years of kinetic living, I did do part-time. I went back to my guru and I was performing with them. Mm-hmm. And I was also doing kinetic living. So I would literally shuffle between Kerala and Mumbai all the time. The shows would come up. It must be hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, crazy hectic because I would go to Kerala mm-hmm. and I would be there for a month. And I would be rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. And I would come back and essentially, according to my clients, I'm on a break. So mm-hmm. I would come back and start working again. So it, there was never a holiday as such because my body was always under physical stress. But in a way, I never felt that because I love doing both the things. So right. uh, one was sort of for my soul, you can call it because I'm still by heart. I would love to perform on stage all the time. Mm-hmm and be in front of the audience all the time. And I feel even as a coach, I get to satisfy a little bit of that craving as well because you're always in front of the camera, not camera, but you're always in front of an audience. Yeah, an audience, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and I feel that's why as a coach, I've never had confidence issues about talking to people mm-hmm. because my dance background also gave me that confidence to sort of be there and uh, be in the moment. When I started coaching, I actually realized that I love teaching as well. And uh, what a better way to combine uh, your job and what you love. Yeah, both because, of the words. Uh, yeah, because I'm getting paid to kick people's asses, honestly. <laughs> That's the best job one can have, I think. <laughs> and I love uh, I love teaching people. I'll enjoy uh, looking at people grow and uh, how how it is nice to know that you are sort of a facilitator in their growth, whether right. it is physical, it is emotional, 
or it is something that they improve in their own life for the long term mm-hmm. so that's how even the concept of kinetic living came into being because it is sort of an extension of what i have learned through my right. life right and uh, what i have applied in my life as well so that's why i am also growing as an individual all the time um okay. that's how i have survived the last 6 years of kinetic living because if i was going stagnant and kinetic living would be stagnant as well so essentially kinetic living is all about helping people uh, achieve their potential mm-hmm. but using their body and strengthening and transforming their mind using the body's discipline because most people may not have the discipline to sit in one place and meditate right. but if they if, if they're able to discipline and train their bodies Mm-hmm. then i feel that my perspective and my philosophy that then you can tell them to sit in one place for 5 minutes or then you can teach them how to be still or you can uh, then get into the finer aspects of a being because if you are uh, if you are playing with the physical that's more gross so it's more tangible you can touch you can feel you can feel the burn you can feel the soreness but mm-hmm. the way we coach at kinetic living really helps a person to build more body awareness and more posture awareness right and right. that is what sort of translates into becoming more self aware not just with respect to the mind but with respect to their uh, how their body reacts to certain food their moods are affected by their own body or their behavior so it's just a, it's a slow gradual process of becoming more aware right. of your own self right from your food habit your mood habit your mm-hmm. posture to something which is a little bit more subtle which mm-hmm. is how you react to maybe say unpleasant situations or how you react to uh, like stress right? right and then going on to like more subtle uh, even subtler aspects like mindfulness and spirituality even when i used to play sport or even when i used to perform on stage mm-hmm. that is a sort of meditation in itself because you are present then and there for me that is why uh, today if i start to translate into my workout so when i work out i don't like to that's why i work out alone because i do not want to look at other people working out in front of me because i will then get into the coach mode so i rather stay by myself and work out in my own zone which is my meditation mm-hmm. then then i'm not looking at anyone else so uh, that has that is what i try to impart as an experience as a coach to others and uh, because that is what will bring people back and not uh, losing x amount of weight or losing x amount of body fat that will happen any which ways if you are consistent and as i said if you become more self aware then automatically you will start choosing the better foods uh, you will start uh, behaving in a way that is better for your body so yeah. all of that sort of has a ripple effect right and that it doesn't happen in a jiffy right you can right. you can discipline and you can force a person to have xyz kind of foods but if they don't feel that from within they are not going to keep that habit up so right. through kinetic living it's about making him anshu aware of his how certain foods are suiting him mm-hmm. that he naturally will uh, vibe and 
uh, go towards those foods which are healthier right so you automatically start making better choices for yourself and mm-hmm. you will at the end of the day find your own version of kinetic living it doesn't have to be my version so for example yeah. himanshu loves uh, running a podcast and right. he should at the end of the day have the energy to do his podcast that he loves and mm-hmm. still at the same time keep up with his daily job requirements Right. So how does he find that energy to do that? That mm-hmm. is his version that he has to keep fit in some way or the other because your body is your tool, right? To experience right. everything in in and out. So you have to keep constantly tuning it or strengthening it or relaxing it, whatever it is required at that point in time. Right. And that is what I would call as Himanshu's kinetic life. And that's why the word is even kinetic living and not. like anything related to particularly fitness or wellness in general it is a way of being so it's the culmination of basically self awareness plus the body growth and the training and everything in between yeah and that is what that is essentially is what is going to make you a happier person so right. i sort of divide it into uh, maximizing the physical quotient maximizing the uh, awareness quotient Mm-hmm. and then maximizing your happiness quotient at the end of the day so i look at it like a three tier sort of a i would not even call it hierarchy because all of us sort of coexisting right. but you sort of go, grow from in to out it's a out, inside out approach right and in your gymnasium you are uh, asking people to do the meditation and the mindfulness practice as well right so uh how do i achieve all of this uh, is through first the physical workouts comprise of um, different athletic based workouts mm-hmm. and even mindful workout mind body workouts like yoga and pilates and athletic workouts like functional training kettlebells uh, body weight training mm-hmm. and uh, weight training and the, the difference is the way we coach is the way we push people to really correct and look into their own bodies and see whether they are doing it right or wrong mm-hmm. which is what starts the process so right. that is the essential crux of my uh, service however beyond that we do a lot of other we i work with a lot of different partners in terms of alternative healing like art therapy we, we also recently did handwriting analysis for our students um we've done art therapy for our students we've done um, meditation we've done mindfulness sessions so we wow. keep introducing all these different ways in which people can understand that contribute to their well-being so it's like a creative gym sort of yeah and the thing is i don't claim to be a master of all i will work with people who are good at their craft and bring them on board and sort of share that knowledge with my students and right. the also one very essential thing is the community aspect which is everyone comes together and it is not about competing with each other but right. it is about competing with yourself so right. that is why we don't even the kind of words that we use in the gym mm-hmm. are very different like we don't use words which will even remotely indicate that we are comparing them to others or so even like using for affirmative words and not negative words that is also conscious decision mhm 
Okay, so uh, uh, dialing back a little, uh, going back to your childhood. So at that time, did your family support you through this journey when you were like you started playing ball in your teen years, and then you were the only girl who was going into gym and doing the gym routine and eventually trying out different things. So um, my parents were super, super, super supportive, mm-hmm. and I mean, I feel I have the coolest parents. when it comes to experimenting and trying out different things and not worrying about what the outcome is going to be mm-hmm. and uh, even when my 12th standard when i was playing ball my and i was uh, uh, representing my college for all these college festivals where you have to like show up a month for rehearsal right right um right. my parents were super supportive and in fact my mom told my tutors that sir like don't give a homework for a month because she is going to be doing all this and just make sure that she is not running behind in her syllabus so wow. because in high school my parents saw that if i even if though i was given the freedom to do whatever i wanted i was mm-hmm. acing my grades i was like coming to the top of my class so yeah. they knew they had that confidence in me that i would do what is needed and what is the best mm-hmm. for me and uh, i would like they trusted our judgment and i think that is what also motivates uh, motivated me to sort of be more responsible towards my own you know my own work and my own studies and my my hobbies or whatever that i wanted to do mm-hmm. yeah in terms of support i have got all the support from my parents they were also uh, sorry to cut you so they were also uh, into fitness or something like that initially no no mm-hmm. I'm the only person in my in my family who is into fitness, and everyone used to think I'm mad. Like my dad has at one point in told me I walked into the house with like complete wet T-shirt, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Did you get wet?" And I'm like, "No, this is my sweat." And he was just like, "How much are you exercising?" And this is so. This is before I turned professional, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they don't tell me how much you exercise. Now they tell me how much are you working. Like they're constantly worried whether I'm tired or not, but mm-hmm. yeah. at that point it was like, oh my god, can you just stop exercising? <laughs> and uh, but it was not said it in a way that oh we are like restricting you from doing something. It was like more from a point of view of concern that like how much are you exercising? Like are you fine? Like is this normal for you to do this? You know like yeah. So I mean yeah, they were totally fine with anything that. i decided i wanted to do and i think the only thing i regret is um my dad had put me into tennis classes when i was in like fifth grade or something and uh-huh. um, i because i i could discontinued going there after a month because i hated my coach wow because <laughs> he he used to they used to play tennis at the end of the class and mm-hmm. they used to make us run around and carry catch the ball So I was oh. like, dude, what the hell is this? And I was like a spoiled kid, as a brat. So I'm like, I'm not going to this coach. And otherwise, I feel I would have really done well in tennis, uh, lawn tennis. Okay. But uh, then I started playing basketball. So then it was no looking back. Yeah. So when you started playing ball, uh, you, we were discussing the other day, and you told me. Uh, since then your life uh, sort of became more focused and you started planning a little bit more so can you can you talk about that so because if you want to let's face it everyone has 24 hours and if you want to accomplish certain tasks well 
and if you want to do more in that short amount of time then you have to plan otherwise you will just end up like wiling your time or you will not be able to prioritize right. and even looking back of course we all think like school is so like we are, i can't believe we were so stressed about grades and stuff like that but when you are in school and when you are in 10th standard that time 10th standard is everything for you right your grades and your studies are a big deal a big part of your life yeah. so yeah i just decided that i would after coming back from school i would make sure that i would if i want to do well in school then i have to make sure i am studying the portion couple of times i'm able to memorize all of that so just managing your time became so important that time mm-hmm. and literally i would like write down my day how would i plan it and stuff like that so was there any person behind this or it was just on your own mind that now i will uh, start planning my day and uh, i mean was there any mentor in that sense no i had no mentors at that point in with respect to all of this but i think at that point what i needed the most was emotional support which i had from my parents right and uh, yeah i think that's about it mm-hmm. all right so as you mentioned about uh, working with the shamak dawar dance company and daksha seth dance company so how was it like to get in there for the first time uh, because from the audience who are listening to this someone might be uh, interested in uh, entering a dance company like you did uh probably shamak yeah. dawar or something like that so, so uh, would, the thing is yeah. honestly things have changed a lot since then mm-hmm. and um, i was in shamak dawar in like 2000 2003 2004 oh, wow. and we are in 2018 right now so yeah. i mean so many things have changed since then so i feel i'm not the right person to sort of talk about how one should go about entering a dance company because even the way i entered my professional dance company was very very different simply because the company is so different and the company is so secluded in kerala it is totally non commercial like probably most of the dancers who would love to work with her would not still work with her because she is so far out into like a different village altogether like we used to live in a village literally wow and her studio is in a on a lake uh, Uh, on the banks of Lake Vellayani, and it is a very different lifestyle. Also, that is that so, is Daksha Seth Dance Company you are talking about, right? Yeah. With respect to Shamak Dawar, I was more like a student and doing it because I was having fun. And they then they have those special batches where they call their the students for the shows. But that is when I was in college and I was studying. So I decided that I was not going to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And then after five years, I came back to professional dance. life always comes back a full circle that way but yeah. uh yeah i mean uh yeah i don't know how it works in bombay and in like cities mm-hmm. so i would not know but i would know how if someone would should get into fitness industry for sure <laughs> right right so as you have led an athletic uh, lifestyle since childhood uh, so when did you start getting serious about nutrition uh, in your uh, uh, lifestyle hmm so um because i wanted to like i told you i started getting into sport because i wanted to lose weight am i chubby fat all i did at that point in time was just like quit rice oh and okay. i decided i would not eat sugar chocolate wow. basically when okay. i was like 13 wow and uh, 
that I just stopped eating rice and I just quit eating like you know mindless snacking of chocolates in between meals. Mm-hmm. And I saw that yeah that I was like becoming uh, I would not say thinner because I was never a fat child. Mm-hmm. I've never been a super thin child. So right. um, it's just that I saw that yeah that I can see some difference. And but then as I told you that I was just so hooked onto the game itself. that then i didn't give a shit because i would eat like two i would work out for close to two hours every day mm-hmm. and playing basketball two hours a day it is crazy you run a lot like you're running cross court all the time so mm-hmm. i was not never worried about my calories honestly and never counted calories from the beginning mm-hmm. um and uh, once i ga- came into college and i was kickboxing and i was gymming and i was really lean that is when i would watch my food a little bit again but not up to the point that i am counting calories but just that i would not eat dessert or even if i did eat dessert i would like control the amount of carbohydrates i was eating but i was still eating home food like roti sabzi dal i was eating all of that and um, only when i started when i turned pro in like 2012 is when i started watching that oh no rice or no roti and having more protein and having more recovery and stuff like that so i feel even my nutrition has gone through a very very organic way of evolution and it has never been forced upon me uh, by myself also or by someone else and i used to read a lot during my mba about nutrition so that's where i started getting my knowledge from that what is rich in what and what kind of foods to eat and all of that so and one thing i forgot to mention is that when i was coming when i came back from my mba in 2009 mm-hmm. is when i was detected with pcod as well so um before and before i went for my mba i was at my fittest best mm-hmm. and i was at my leanest best and uh, because of one year of erratic sleeping hours and lot of um, weekend binging and you know like being yeah. I, i think i got a little complacent also because i used to run so much uh, yeah. during my mba because that was my only source of workout so i wow. never un, like i never realized how many calories i was burning mm-hmm. in those days i never wore even a watch while going for a run can you imagine like oh, i would wow. just take my music and i would run i had no idea how many kilometers i was running I had no idea what pace I was running at. Nothing. I just wanted to run, and I used to run. Mm-hmm. So I, I never, I had no idea about how many kind of, what are the kind of calories I was burning or anything like that. Yeah. But when I came back, it was suddenly the PCOD hit me because of, as I told you, all these lifestyle changes that I had mm-hmm. done yeah. for the bad. So it took me almost a year and a half to sort of come back out of it, simply mm-hmm. because I moved to Kerala after six months after my MBA. so luckily that kind of lifestyle helped me because i was closer to nature i was sleeping early i was eating healthy i was like training eight hours a day so that sort of really helped me get my health back on track and i mean yeah right and now i don't have pcod but of course the condition is not uh, curable it is something that is lifestyle related right so so many people who are listening uh, i mean pcod is actually a real issue these days and uh, yeah it yeah. is a huge issue these days also especially like i know girls as young as 14 15 16 yeah. are getting pcod which is 
it is completely lifestyle related because the more processed we are eating and mm-hmm. PCOD is also related to the mental makeup of a person so right. um if you as a teenager if you're going through anxiety depression mm-hmm. um any kind of uh, any kind Stress. of mental issues that yeah. will uh, change your hormonal balance basically right. and i mean everyone has stress issues nowadays mm-hmm. it i feel more than us having stress everyone has stress but it's the way you deal with stress right. is what is going to make or break your lifestyle right so yeah. it's also about perspective now today like teenagers think that uh, getting that louis vuitton bag or uh, getting like a hundred and thousand likes on instagram is a source of stress for them right right, right. Now, that is that is where perspective change needs to happen and that is where coaches can help and that's where health professionals can help mm-hmm. but these people have to come out right and that's what even yeah if you see inherently what are we trying to do at kinetic living we are trying to make people more confident about their own journey and right. the first thing that we can do for that is to make sure that they don't compare themselves to others mm-hmm. and that is what is causing major stress in any which way these youngsters right because they're constantly right. comparing themselves to the next person that social media is leading to feelings of isolation depression anxiety because people are constantly saying oh this person has this and i don't have this yeah and social media is only only showing uh, the good things mm. it's it's like filtered life yeah it is there are it, it, it is a complete selective exposure of the person's life and that is why even through my page uh, there are sometimes where i'm talking about my failures and i'm talking about my learning through my experiences mm-hmm. right because i feel that is what makes it personal is not me giving some gyan about discipline but right. me talking about my life experience and how, how i built discipline from that or right. how i didn't do a particular thing and i i made a mistake and i suffered this loss and this is my learning mm-hmm. right yeah. i cannot talk about things in general then then how am i different than any other how to book mm-hmm. right you could still read a how to book and get everything from there but right. what makes my my, uh, my social media personal is i'm talking about my experiences mm-hmm. yeah that is what is causing the whole pcod stress uh then then because of pcod you start gaining weight and then you have even more self esteem issues your body body image issues and so it's like a it's like a, a vicious cycle and a downward spiral so somewhere yeah. you have to break that that uh, that cycle and i feel the best way to break that cycle is when you start doing something Yeah. right and when you that is the first and how can you start doing that is by tackling something which is more tangible which is your body yeah so folks listening please take this advice and get out and do something as coach is advising also see the problem is that when you say that guys who are listening go and do out and do something i don't blame the people who are confused because there's so right. much of information out there so much of misinformation out there so much of half information out there mm-hmm. but again people are confused because they are looking at what others are doing and right. they are trying to apply what other strategies are into their own life 
and that will not going to work yeah. so it is about a just start small start even by 30 seconds even mm-hmm. if you can start by 30 seconds of doing something like just wake up 30 and for 30 seconds even if you're just able to do jumping jacks or high knees or something a movement or do surya namaskar when you wake up mm-hmm. just small ways of inculcating any kind of physical discipline will mm-hmm. slowly bring them to a stage where they are ready for something bigger people try to hit from 0 to 100 in like like a race or car which is not going to sustain right most of the beginners do that i think uh, whenever like they are going to gym or something so they start with the highest weight seeing the other person is doing this much so how, why can i not do this much yeah and perfectionism is your enemy remember that so don't wait for things to become perfect and don't wait for your wardrobe to become perfect don't wait for your routine to become perfectly aligned with your workout it is never going to happen guys you have to make things happen and which means you have to sort of go as it comes when it comes to your lifestyle if you feel you don't have time every day make time three times a week if you yeah. feel you don't have time three times a week make time once a week but start mm. somewhere right all or nothing approach is very hard to follow today i hardly eat grains for more than one meal in a day mm-hmm. and uh, that is because i didn't come up to this suddenly after having pcod i sort of evolved the way i eat right and there are still some days where i'm eating crap and there are still some days where i'm eating really clean and i'm really following my food but most days i am in a balance so it's like not eating the bad food usually and maybe some cheat days you can go with it but don't don't eat it on regular basis one day in the week where you know you're going to allow yourself to eat something which is more indulgent or right. you can eat everything in moderation mm-hmm. right? right there are different strategies for different people and people who are at different levels of their journey as well for someone who has already been working out for 5 years they are going to be at a very different level of motivation than someone who is probably just starting out Yeah. their body is going to be used to very different kind of routine so it totally depends from person to person that is where i think uh, a good coach can come in handy and uh, they can guide you on the exercise and the nutritional part uh, as per your body correct yeah again uh, uh, going back to uh, your academics uh, a little bit I, i'm just trying to put a timeline of uh, your academics so you you cleared school and then you went to the high school where you were still playing ball and uh, doing gym and then you entered the college where you did your bachelor's in mass media and yeah. still, still you were keeping up with the fitness routine and yeah. dancing as well And so that later... was from 2003 to 2006 and then 2008 uh, from 2006 to 2007 i was working in advertising and then wow. 2008 is when i decided i would pursue my mba so 2008 right. to 2009 i was pursuing my mba and then 2009 is when i started working and um, within the same year i quit and i went to kerala mm-hmm. in 2009 to pursue Dancing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Wow. 
it it is like a completely bumpy ride if you if you look at uh, look at it from the outside but it yeah so spend. if i write a book tomorrow which i plan to do mm-hmm. i'm going to call it confessions of a jumper probably wow <laughs> i don't even Sound. know if that's a word but yeah sounds interesting so when yeah. when is your book coming out are you planning to write uh, um, this year first let me start writing <laughs> all right and uh, when when you were uh, doing your mba at that time yeah. did you have a moment sudden moment where you thought this is not what i want to do with my life and that that is when you probably decided uh, you are going to go to the dance school and eventually from there you headed into your so path. even when i was doing my mba i had no idea that i would pursue life as a professional dancer at any point in time in fact um, my first week of mba only i realized that oh my god this is i don't think this is my cup of tea but i decided that i would give it my best and i didn't quit and in fact there also i was like a dean's lister so i just believe i think that to give my best in everything that i do mm-hmm. because i feel that is what will make or break anything right. like uh, i just feel blessed that i'm able to do stuff today that i really love and I'm, of course then it's because i love it any which ways and i like to be really give my best in everything that i do so of course i'm going to be good at what i do mm-hmm. because it's not just one thing that's helping me do well it's two things that is helping me do well which is motivation and the love for it i because i really don't like to use the word passion here mm-hmm. i use the word love for it so yeah that is the main thing that will sort of drive uh, drive anyone to do things and uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to mba uh, as i said that i decided i would just make it the best that i i could mm-hmm. and uh, yeah uh, for me it was more of a gut decision when i came across my guru and i applied for the company after i quit my mba also wow. i had uh, spoken to my guru even before uh, i decided to do my mba when i just Uh, finish my advertising mm-hmm. but that time i got scared and i was like oh i cannot go to kerala and yeah, like i want to work in advertising yeah yeah completely and different that, life probably yeah but in my mba i learned a lot about just general um, i was ready to take that plunge when i was going to kerala it was not a wild guess it was an educated risk that i took right it was not a blind risk mm-hmm. because i knew my body could take the rigors of the training mm-hmm. i just didn't know how life would be because life was so different there as compared to a city life mm-hmm. and you were telling me that day uh, like when you joined mba i think at that time uh, in the initial day uh, there was one speech of steve jobs you told me right so yeah. can you can you tell more about that uh i mean when in the orientation week they had uh they uh, spoke about steve jobs and the speech that he gave at stanford about how the dots will only connect looking backwards they will never connect looking forward so if you feel like doing something with and we need to believe in something whether it is you believe in karma you believe in faith you believe in god or you believe in the universe mm-hmm. but you need to believe in something and go after your gut and then trust that the dots will eventually connect mm-hmm. that sort of really shook me 
and i said like oh my god am i really doing what i want in my life that is when it hit me and that's when i realized that maybe i'm in the wrong profession right now i'm in the wrong college right now but i said you know what like i am going to make the most of it nothing bad is going to come out of it and trust me i don't regret it one bit i don't regret a single moment of my mba class i mean mba life if we if we see i mean uh, from every uh, every education of sorts we get to learn a lot which we can actually apply somewhere in our life not immediately yeah. maybe, maybe later on in the life yeah and yeah. i mean today i have my own own uh, own venture and i'm using some of my mba skills for that and wow. i mean i can use my entire alumni network and build my own business because every corporate wants a wellness program and every corporate needs a wellness program yeah. and i am so confident every corporate needs a wellness program like kinetic living right. i just want more human resource that is able to translate what i am talking about mm-hmm. so and what i learned in my advertising days i was applying it even in my uh, dance school because i was helping them do their uh, website their twitter account their facebook account and instagram was not there on those days but i was helping them do all their social media as well so i mean uh, i was doing brochures for them i was designing writing um, production notes for them uh, designing the like concept notes all of that i was doing so it was not like i never got to use any other skill and all of that i'm today i'm using for kinetic living as well is and now in fact i'm just learning more and more about uh, other disciplines as well as i've worked with more and more people mm-hmm. yeah so i mean if if you are uh, you are thinking about i'm talking to the audience if you are if you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur uh, so it it is okay to uh, to go through some different profession as well initially if you are not able to uh, start your own business immediately so it, that also teaches you different kind of roles which you can later apply uh, into your entrepreneurship yeah. and when you start your business yeah absolutely i mean steve jobs took calligraphy he never knew when he would use the, that knowledge but when he started apple he actually used his knowledge in fonts um and really came up with creative fonts which yeah. microsoft didn't so yeah. those dots eventually connected looking backwards right and right. that's what he's saying any which ways like so i never knew where would yoga come into my life after mm-hmm. i stopped becoming a dancer or i don't know when would uh, rhythm body rhythm that i learned in my uh, dance school would come into use but just now i was in a music festival and i sort of contributed there as a teacher and i taught the students their body percussion so oh, wow. which i learned in my dance school so i mean things and skills where you learn you never know where they will come in handy wow amazing so as you shifted through all these uh, career options did you not feel the social pressure and like i mean uh, family <laughs> so, and social so yeah. two things one is that career options the word options only didn't exist because whatever yeah, right. i've chosen has come organically to me and i've oh. organically chosen those it's never like i mm-hmm. have two big big options and i chose yeah, i made those decisions but right. it, it sort of organically evolved as i went ahead Mm-hmm. and when it comes to social pressure as i told you that my parents are my biggest supporters mm-hmm. and 
I've got a lot of emotional support from my parents. So, uh, what society says doesn't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, of course, my parents are worried. When are you going to get married? And da da da. But now we've had that chat about uh, that they are okay. They're like, as long as you are happy, we don't have a problem. You not being having a finding a companion even after this long. So it, it's totally uh, the kind of conversation that is. very much between me and my parents and mm-hmm. i don't care is what the, what the others are saying mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people are, when i started out i am a gujarati someone from a gujarati community doing something which is so physical as a profession is very unheard of first of all right. in our community right. and second of all that to a girl doing this is even more like oh my god Rare. but yeah it, it just didn't come to me as a thought because For me, I don't live my life as a guju, or mm-hmm. I don't live my life also as that. Oh, I am a woman and I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. I am a human being. I have this particular skill set, and I want to explore this particular skill set. Or mm-hmm. hey, I am doing this, and I want to learn this. I want to achieve this, and the whether the fact that I'm a male or a female doesn't even pop into my head. Mm-hmm. so even when i'm looking at my student i don't look at my student as a man or a woman unless and until their health requires me to look at their gender mm-hmm. but until then for me they are a energy they are a being and i am treating that and i'm only looking at their at their tendencies and their habits and their their, their ability to achieve their goals and mm-hmm. what is holding them back Wow. Uh, even today, what I do with kinetic living, I am not looking at what my competition is doing. I am just doing what I am doing. Whether my competition is trying to copy me or they are doing something better than me, I will be more than happy because that keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. So, I competition is always good. Mm-hmm. What other people are saying about you is always good. Let them say what they want to say. Right? Mm-hmm. It at the end of the day, it's going to make you stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. If you fail, you are gonna become stronger. And if you win, then it's good for you, right? Then you're gonna silence those people any which way. Yeah, it's win-win both the sides, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe in doing things to prove someone else wrong. If you're yeah. doing things to prove someone else wrong, that means that person has control over you. So tomorrow yeah. they'll tell you, "Ha, you cannot do this," so you are not. Oh, I have to prove that person wrong. So right. they can manipulate you. But if you are trying to prove yourself to something, that is one question I've been asking me, asking myself very uh, off lately, which is, should you do something to just prove to yourself? You know, mm-hmm. so those are those yeah. internal self-reflective questions or uh, introspective questions that I keep asking. That should you do things or to uh, prove to yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you are you enough? Right, as a person, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things are very important questions. I feel that people should be asking themselves uh, because those will, but oh, those will only come to them when they start really reflecting in world. Yeah. This is not going to happen suddenly one day. You walk on the gym floor and mm-hmm. you have right. to you have to prepare your sort of like lay the ground, the foundation yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was just curious. You told about uh, going to Kerala and uh, working with Daksha Seth Das Company. So how was yeah. it? How was how was that experience like? Uh, from uh, go, going from this normal city life into uh, into like a sort of an exile of your own choosing. It was life changing because mm-hmm. living alone in a house after the first time in a different city where you don't even know the language. Mm-hmm. and it was testing to the to an, another level and uh, i remember having a conversation with my mother where she was like urmi you cannot stay here i don't know these people and is the the uh, like my guru is saying that she's going to put me up in a hostel and my mom is like no 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 you can't stay there so i told her mom i'm as scared as you are but i don't want to judge the situation so fast mm-hmm. because it was just one week into me going there So I'm like, I'm going to give myself three months and see where I go. And if at all I have to take a decision, I'll take a decision after three months. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take a decision right now because whatever decision I'm going to take right now, I'm going to take it in fear. Mm-hmm. I need to get past that fear and then take the judgment. Mm-hmm. So that was my perspective to the whole thing. And within before three months only, I knew that I wanted to be there for the long haul, and my guru loved me as well. so mm-hmm. she knew she wanted me for the long haul as well mm-hmm. and um, yeah after that it was just hard work sweat and tears and blood literally like i mean i all the dancers were like 8 years senior to me when i joined and wow. i had a lot of catching up to do when it came to content learning material mm-hmm. or practicing or understanding the bodies uh, or the 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 company's movement language Understand, mm-hmm. uh, understanding music up to an extent as well, right. and um, getting so in sync with them basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Getting into the 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 culture and the fabric of the company was so important for me. But yeah. it took a lot of effort and hard work, which I was happily doing because I was there for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was morning to evening, uh, morning to afternoon. We would be rehearsing and. after that would be all office work till about 7 o'clock and then would go home eat dinner and pack out literally and on weekends we would be at the beach all the time so like i feel that even though i sacrificed a lot of the social life of a typical city life i feel i have gained so much more in experience is uh, probably i i don't know many people in real life who would have experienced so many so many cultural um and different aspects of life and uh, like living yes. with the nature probably right yeah and life meaning life meaning like lot of life lessons learned lot of travel lessons learned mm-hmm. lot of uh, lot of professional ethics learned a uh, lot of hard work ethics learned like lot of a uh, lot of uh, principles that i i took back with me that i really carry forward today as well about not taking things for granted and even though however uh, the senior you become you don't lose sight of where you came from at the end of the day and yeah. i feel that is what keeps you grounded at the end of the day right, right. so all those things i have learned from there and i have had so much fun i mean i was as a dancer you you your your earning over there was like pennies as right. compared to what my mba counterparts were earning but mm-hmm. i was literally traveling two to three times every month to a different city 
and every 2 3 months you are traveling to a different country to perform wow. and uh, representing india in like china for a month uh, traveling on diplomatic passports performing for uh, the prime minister or sadguru all those things wow. are privileges that probably i only got because i was with my guru so uh, i will not trade those for a bigger paycheck never mm. ever yeah and uh, that's why like i can say that those were life defining life changing experiences mm-hmm. and how much we've like explored the city we would after the uh, shows would get over we would go out and because of all the adrenaline we would like party out till <laughs> for another 3 hours wow have had like really good experiences as well it's not just about being serious and being disciplined but we've had experiences in all its vibrant colors so wow. i don't feel i have missed out anything in mm-hmm. particular what i did miss is my family yeah uh, because it gives you a sense of grounding right where you mm-hmm. are there in one yeah. place for a long period of time and with being a dancer for those 3 years i was never in one place i was always on the move always uh, preparing for my next trip or mm-hmm. living uh, with friend or living with only uh, not friends living with people from the company so mm-hmm. they were my family more than anything else my guru was like my second mother wow amazing bond you must have there right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean today uh, like as every interview i have given i have spoken about her because th- those times were a big part of my life and is a big reason why i am here today as well mm-hmm. and uh, from from that experience uh, like was there any inflection point when you uh, said i'll go back now to home and do something else so it, again that happened as a very a huge gut decision i it happened very suddenly mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was i was at the end of 3 years i was feeling a little stagnated when it came to my learning curve and i was like maybe i feel if i go back i will be able to do more with my time and um those were questions i was sort of battling in in like internally yeah and uh, then i got the diagnosed with a condition called as a runner's knee which is just basically there's a little bit of um, a sort of a bursa filling in your knee joint and mm-hmm. uh, it causes a lot of friction which uh, yeah. can cause pain right. so i was sort of battling that internal conflict was happening and uh, in march 2012 i decided to move back and if april 2012 i was coaching my friend wow. so again it happened very 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 organically like mm-hmm. i didn't even reach out to him he was mm-hmm. the one who reached out to me and said hey urmi why don't you train me and i was like hmm let me see and like i just went and i just like did a session mm-hmm. and i was like hey not bad like i'm i could be good at this you know mm-hmm. and that's how it started so uh, right now you are also a nike's official coach so yeah. how how did you get the opportunity to work with the brand such big like nike so when i started kinetic living i was very clear that i didn't want to just be a personal trainer and i started doing a lot of workshops for trainers mm-hmm. uh, so it's not trainers for runners mm-hmm. and uh, one of those workshops was a co-training workshop i did for dancer that uh, coach daniel was yeah. 
Daniel and he was the Nike. Okay. Yeah, he was the Nike running coach. He is the Nike running coach in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really liked my session that I took for the runners. And Nike wanted to launch Nike Training Club in India, and they yeah. sort of approached him to ask him if he knew of any young female trainers. Mm-hmm. And that's when he gave my name. And then wow. I gave my interview. And then I think one year later they had a trainer trainer program for nine mm-hmm. of us. Out of which three of us got selected as Nike trainers. So wow. that also happened because I was I was not uh, consciously trying to. Uh, I, it was never my main uh, aim to become well known. My main aim was to collaborate. For me, mm-hmm. that was the main thing. I love to collaborate yeah. with different different people and mm-hmm. work with different kinds of people as well uh, who are have their own skill set. And I think uh, if I had not collaborated or if I had not reached out to dancer, then I he would not have known who I was, and he would not have mm-hmm. given my name as well. Yeah. So I wow. feel the more you collaborate, the more opportunities will also come to you, right? Sometimes you don't have to think about the money and uh, like taking yeah, session for absolutely. the money. Yeah, absolutely. It was a free session that I took. I used to do a lot of free sessions back then because uh, just because, and even today. The re- only reason I don't do completely free sessions is because mm-hmm. people take free sessions for granted, and yeah. I feel as an individual, everyone should be valued for their time. So today, if I'm right. announcing a free session and people register, and out 50 people who registered, out of that only 20 people turn up, those 30 people mm-hmm. are not valued, right? Whatever they registered for. So if the but if they would have paid even like say 300 rupees. Then they would have valued the three hundred rupees they gave. They'll turn. They'll turn up probably. Yeah, they'll probably maybe say thirty will not turn up, but at least forty people will turn up instead of twenty people. Yeah. So that is my main purpose of even charging money when we do uh, workshops which are meant for a mass. We I keep mm-hmm. that in mind, and of course a lot of our workshops are also premium price because that is the kind of quality work that we. Aim to do, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's directed uh, the the value of what you're getting is way more than what the individual ends up paying. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, uh, what was the catapult moment for kinetic living? The I think catapult moment for kinetic living was I feel when I put up the studio last year in two thousand seventeen. is when i feel kinetic living really came into its own uh because now suddenly there was a place fixed place where people could have access to me and my coaching and my team so only because yeah. i had a place i could put a team in place so um i feel that is when kinetic living uh, wings were expanded and then right. now in september 2018 we launched the second floor as well so and wow. with respect to me i feel my biggest uh, uh platform that i got is nike because through nike people uh, i was able to reach out to more girls who yeah uh, who, who who believe in training and who would love to train but who are mm-hmm. intimidated as well so that sort of yeah. nike gave me a microphone to my uh, basically nike gave a microphone to my voice and uh, it was really good that my voice resonated with nike's voice as well 
so yeah. they also found that synergy in me and they thought that i could carry the entire pilot project for nike training club on my shoulders which i did and uh, wow so and then we expanded to a bigger team of ntc trainers uh, in the next year but the first year of pilot projects was majority majority of the sessions were conducted by me only so that really gave me that platform and the visibility as well so i can definitely cannot take that credit away from them uh, yeah. and i thoroughly enjoy working with them as well i mean the brand has been a part of my life since i was 13 and in fact i used to save up money to buy a nike clothes you know Wow. So for me, it was a dream come true on that on my thirtieth birthday. Yeah, yeah, life came full circle. circle then. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what what role social media you think is playing, uh, and what is the impact of social media on your business and on yourself as an individual? So uh, I started doing social media because I just wanted to share. what i was doing with people and mm-hmm. it was never meant to be done as a show off however uh, yeah uh, a lot of my videos just from the nature of the video maybe people think that oh my god like every time i meet people who have seen me via social media first have a very different impression of me and uh, I, i i feel that i don't have to expose my entire life on social media so yeah. today i'm using my social media avenues to talk about my work and my philosophy but i'm not going to talk about every time i go out with my mom or every time i go out with my boyfriend or if you have even a boyfriend or not is not the social media's job or is not my followers don't have to be told about everything you know so yeah, yeah. um it, like i don't know if you are following me on social media all the time but I don't talk so much about my personal life on social media for this exact reason True. because as a person actually I'm very private. But the mm-hmm. fact that over a course of the last six years of my professional life, a little bit of has rubbed on to me as a person also, where I am able to make more conversations with people, uh, and I'm more open to people in general. However, right. before that I was never like this. I was always a very reserved person. So. but as a coach whenever i am in the coach mode even the most uh, most rude person can come and talk to me and i will be kind to them because as a coach i have to be and i want to be that approachable because when i am in the, my coach mode i am very very genuine in what i feel so if they want help from me in my professional capacity i am going to go to them there is no way that i can expect them to come to me only right, right. so mm-hmm. and most of the people who have a little bit of uh, self confidence issues or any kind of uh, social awkwardness would probably mm-hmm. think three times or 10 times before approaching someone like me who they have already seen on social media right so for me to break that barrier i only have to approach them <coughs> so as a person i feel yeah social media is a part of my life but i make conscious decisions so that it doesn't rule my life and of course time and again i'm constantly keeping a check that am i getting affected by it like oh am i constantly checking the number of likes am i constantly looking at other people's insta stories 
and am i is my sense of uh, peace getting affected if i am looking at other people having a good time on social media which you were talking about earlier right yeah 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 right so being conscious about uh, the social media is like the need of the hour yes absolutely and i don't believe in all the social media detox because you do a social media detox but then you talk about it on social media like that's very ironic <laughs> you know so so i don't believe in that you i use it as a means of business i will not lie yeah. that so much of my business comes from social media so those people who even tell me urmi you are too addicted or you're always on the phone you're always on instagram mm-hmm. i don't know if i should be using that as an excuse but hey if my work is dependent on social media and if in the process i have to spend a little more time on it so be it i am not going to uh, start getting righteous about it because it is a it is one of the me- uh, mediums that i use to talk about my work right otherwise i would have to spend so much money on mass media and any which way is my 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 uh, my brand is not for the mass media mm-hmm. right so coming to your uh, personal side i mean uh, what kind of routine you follow on usual basis but uh, how does your typical day look like uh, my typical day starts at 6 am and probably wow. ends anywhere from 7 pm to 11 pm the, there is no fixed time but uh, usually on a given day i will be coaching for at least 5 to 7 hours mm-hmm. and uh, apart from that i am uh, handling the gym so i have to, a lot of other admin slash managing responsibilities i have a lot of other brand meetings to go for any kind of brand expansion that we are looking at is all mm-hmm. being first headed and then supervised by me and mm-hmm. i'm blessed to have a good team with me also how many people uh, you have in your team right now so we have uh, four full time employees and uh, we have two part time employees all right and uh, yeah we work with a lot of independent teachers as well and yeah uh, and of course a lot of it has to be dedicated to my training as well and this year i have decided to make more conscious effort to spend time for myself and not as coach urmi but as urmi kothari herself because right. uh, last year has been a complete roller coaster when it comes to work so mm-hmm. I, i hope i can balance that out so it's a very thin line you have to balance yeah, between your own coaching yeah very thin line no yeah because you mm-hmm. do what you love and then you don't know when you end up overdoing it <laughs> yeah right So uh what kind of diet you follow these days i mean is there any specific diet which you do or it's like a consciously uh, which like you earlier you told uh, it's a conscious decision to not eat junk and everything So now i don't like eating junk food but on a daily basis i'm just following normal khana making sure i'm getting my natural protein and fiber and all mm-hmm. my greens i literally mm-hmm. love greens so i crave veggies so many times if i don't have veggies during the day i'm craving vegetables uh but uh, other than that i feel other smaller points i am changing according to the training that i'm doing for example last six weeks i've been running a lot so my carb intake has been very high normally my carb intake would not be so high so it depends on the training also that i'm doing right 
And what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Have you tried intermittent fasting? Yeah, I mean, uh, intermittent fasting is a big part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, usually on a very busy morning from seven to one, I'm al- almost always fasting, unless and until uh, I have a run. So mm-hmm. if I'm uh, the day I'm not running, and if I have to work from six thirty in the morning till two p.m. continuously, then mm-hmm. I will be fasting, and I will first meal of the day will be at around one thirty two o'clock. Wow. So I do fast a couple of times in a, a week. week, and for mm-hmm. me it has worked really well. Uh, and I would not recommend people do fasting unless and until they know everything about it, unless they get their blood pressure checked. And people with diabetes definitely should not be doing fasting without supervision. So also the uh, number of hours you fast is very important that you monitor that. And I will definitely not recommend someone who's new to fasting to fast all days of the week right so uh, yeah. make sure you have like seeking professional guidance in that and then going mm-hmm. for something like this but fasting is good for you for sure yeah one day i was uh, seeing somewhere i think on a blog or somewhere uh, dwayne the uh, rock johnson uh, he's from wwe the superstar right so he yeah. also he also does uh, intermittent fasting a lot that is how he said uh, he keeps his body shredded okay all right and uh, apart from the physical routine uh, is there any specific uh, mindfulness uh, practice or routine which you follow any specific meditation you do i don't use any medication for mindfulness uh, i just use certain supplements natural supplements for better recovery like ashwagandha fish oil and all of that but uh, and my vitamins but i am not consuming anything else um uh and with respect to mindfulness or meditation i uh was doing regular meditation by sadguru for a while and then i just i got off the habit again and i have to rebuild that however i uh, use headspace a lot because it is uh, more convenient and mm-hmm. uh, convenient from the point of view of timing and it has yeah. shorter meditation and there are guided meditations as well right. so uh, for me for a crazy uh, hectic morning or a crazy uh, day those are better they, those were better for me because they are as short as 3 minutes as well yeah i also use headspace sometimes yeah it's amazing hmm mm-hmm. all right and out of your uh, f- uh, physical routine uh, is there any favorite exercise uh, which you have and i love deadlifts deadlifts mm-hmm. uh kettlebell swings and i love running and i love all core exercises so yeah pull ups is also something i love but i uh, am mindful about how many what is the frequency of pull ups that i do all right mhm and uh, can can you name a person who has been a big impact on your life one of my mentors i've met via ntc via nike training mm-hmm. and uh, she has really helped me understand professionalism a lot better when it comes mm-hmm. to choosing projects and uh, dedicating and channeling your energies and uh, well i i seek a lot of uh, professional help from healers and uh, very recently art therapy wherein i'm just able to bring in more mindfulness as a person 
and i feel mm-hmm. then i can decide make my own professional decision so i feel if i just uh, have more guidance when it comes to urmi as a person mm-hmm. then urmi as a professional can take care of herself right mm-hmm. and are there any apps which you use to make your work uh, life better uh, any specific apps for uh, collaboration or maybe meeting scheduling or something like that so i use tiny calendar up to an extent because it syncs with my apple uh, calendar and google calendar as well mm-hmm. and i use uh, apple watch a lot like apple watch is always on me so i use this app called heart watch which is integrated with my apple watch uh, statistics which allows wow. me to see my performance in all my uh, in during the day and as well as during mm-hmm. my workout Mm-hmm. and uh, of course i use instagram a lot i use whatsapp yeah. a lot and uh, i use uh, itunes i mean because for music and soundcloud is my favorite and okay. uh, uh, i use blinkist uh, a lot to read about books in short and if i like the summary and if i like the so blinkist is it uh, con- makes the book concise in nine chapters in yeah. short chapters and it also allows me to listen to the book so wow. i do that and for mm-hmm. podcast i just use the apple podcast uh, app and yeah. uh, i try to listen to as many podcasts as i can but that it's a little hard because i'm constantly working so mm-hmm. i don't have the chance to listen to a podcast unless and until yeah. i am doing something else which doesn't allow require me to think and yeah. um, I love listening to music so I listen to music while working out so that is not that is not the time I can listen to a podcast and I use headspace as i said occasionally yeah. and now i my this year my aim is to use headspace a lot lot more uh, regularly mhm wow and is there any time management strategies uh, probably you might have learned about and you are applying into your your life right now so in terms of time management i feel that if i make my to do list then it really helps me and mm-hmm. i just practice deep work deep work is basically periods of uh, focused concentrated work and then you take a break and then you come back to doing deep work again so like mm-hmm. usually i work for 2 hours very continuously then i take a break for about 20 minutes and again get back to work for 2 hours so mm-hmm. it works like that and in my lifestyle if i'm coaching that doesn't allow me to take a break anyway so my ability to focus is there like if i'm coaching continuously then from 6:30 am till 1 pm i am not doing anything else but coaching and when mm-hmm. i'm coaching my eyes are all on my student and nowhere else so uh, yeah i mean uh, but apart from your office work this is the method i follow which is deep work and making to do list yeah i also learned about deep work from a book of the same name deep work which is by cal newport i think so yeah i did, i forgot yeah. the actually i read about i heard about deep work in one of the podcasts i was listening to last april mm-hmm. and it made a lot of sense to me Yeah. and lot of people who write books and who write on a daily basis they in mm-hmm. fact go to deep into deep work for like two two days they don't right. they like don't look at the phone but i can't right. do that because i have yeah. i have a gym to run yeah it's a different kind of profession which you are yeah in it's a mm-hmm. different thing where i'm trying to play a coach also i'm trying to play the manager also so yeah. i have to try to balance the two mm mm-hmm. 
so i i also like because i write so i also have yeah. some uh, strategy there so uh, there is a, there is an app called noisly which basically okay. produce which basically produces sounds of uh, relaxation and productivity or focus so it's like a it's like when you are writing uh, you might write someone might write good when they are in a cafe sort of environment so it can like uh, turn up the uh, sound of a cafe or maybe yeah. if you it 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 can pro- produce uh, white noise or brown noise or different kind of noises so it's it's really yeah. amazing how fast it can get you into the zone and then you can work straight for 3 4 hours so it's yeah. that is amazing yeah okay yeah uh, so uh, what advice would you give to your own uh, younger self maybe your own uh, 20 years old self uh i don't know maybe i would just say that yeah just have faith and everything will be fine i used to stress more that time all right and what under 5000 rupees purchase uh, you have made recently which changed your life in a very good way i would say tea kettle tea kettle yeah like a tea boiler hot water mm-hmm. boiler mhm that now it's in the gym only so yeah because now i can make even tea earlier we just had a coffee machine there so mm-hmm. now we have a hot water machine as well so we can um, make uh, teas we can have hot water and all of that so yeah it's very it's on a daily basis it's very very beneficial wow mhm and uh, being an entrepreneur yourself and building a successful business uh, what advice would you give to someone who is uh, starting off as an entrepreneur right now? i would not call myself a successful entrepreneur first of all <laughs> even though yes i mean the brand is doing really well touch wood uh, mm-hmm. with uh, i mean everything happening mm-hmm. but i can give advice mm-hmm. uh, as to what i followed but i wouldn't say it will apply to everyone you know yeah. like it depends right. on the market it depends on the brand it depends on right. the person it depends on uh, your values as a organization Mm-hmm. so but i would say that one biggest uh, advice i would give is that don't take the customer for granted whether it is one person or it is 100 people is mm-hmm. not to take them for granted so today if a consumer is coming to you with uh, 10 things and then they are loyal to you mm-hmm. don't take the loyalty for granted like still give them that same attention that you would give to a new consumer or that you would give them if they were coming to you on the first day mm-hmm. and uh, that would be one big this thing and another would be don't wait for things to get perfect uh, mm-hmm. if you think the idea is good enough then mm-hmm. go ahead try it out make mistakes learn from them and then revamp it and try it again mm-hmm. so and collaborate these are the three probably advice i would give invest invest in your people invest in learning a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah all right so is there any book you would like to recommend to the audience the greatness guide by robin sharma is really good and that i got as a gift from one of my students and mm-hmm. i thought ha huh, what is it? like your typical how to book but actually it's a really good book mm-hmm. and uh, tools of titans uh, by tim ferris is a yeah. really good read as well 
mm-hmm. uh, I was reading Crushing It by uh, Gary uh, Gary Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, yeah. Again, that is the kind of book that like you can't read it in one go. Like you have to right. read, then you have to do your research. You read, you research. Like you, you it's not a yeah. continuous book. So right. yeah, these are like how-to books you can go back to and uh, yeah, apply yeah. them in the life. Yeah. And Sadhguru's right. mind is your business, uh, and the mm-hmm. body is your greatest gadget. That is a, mm-hmm. one of the books that I've read uh, time and again, time and again. Because mm-hmm. every time I read Sadhguru, uh, depending on what state of mind I am in, I am going to interpret his advice according to that. Mm-hmm. So I like to read his books as well, and I mm-hmm. occasionally watch his videos. Wow. Mm. All right, Urmi. I think we have uh, I've taken a lot of your time, and uh, uh, just want to be mindful of your time. So, any parting words you have you have for my audience? Guys, if you want to make a lifestyle change, or whether you want, whether it is a professional shift, or whether it is a health shift, or whether it is a performance shift, you have to first make the time for it. You have to make an effort for it because to bring any kind of substantial, long-lasting, sustainable, and uh, visible change, you have mm-hmm. to make that kind of effort as well. And uh, I would say when you're trying to take up something new, try not to take up more than one thing at one time because it is going to add to your plate. So mm-hmm. instead, direct and channelize all your energy to creating as one major change, which mm-hmm. will guarantee if you do. I guarantee if you're doing it genuinely, it will have ripple effects in all areas of your life. And that is why the only thing that connects all your areas of your life is you. So let's this year you can start making the project. Your first project should be about you, and mm-hmm. you decide according to your goals as to what part of you you want to change, or rather improve on. Because I feel change is now gone uh, mm-hmm. in terms of changes. What we used to say earlier, now it is about evolving. So instead, right. talk, think about not revamping but evolving and. uh you will see that the moment you shift your perspective towards even the uh, using the word you will yourself allow yourself that time to change and evolve according to the person you want to be so start small uh, stay stay hungry stay curious and uh, yeah don't give up easily don't make excuses i hate people who make excuses so uh, so basically people you have to evolve and you have to make yourself your own project which you will be doing in this new year yes i agree yeah so it was great talking to you urmi and thank you where, where can people reach you uh, i mean you have a, a you you have a podcast yourself as well that that is kinetic living uh, podcast and people yeah. can go to uh, apple podcast and listen to it So it's called the Kinetic Living Podcast, and mm-hmm. if you want to get in touch with me, then Urmi at the rate Kinetic Living dot in or uh, my Kinetic Life at Gmail dot com. Any of these two emails, they can get in touch with me uh, on Instagram. I'm Coach dot Urmi, and uh, yeah, I'm usually good at replying to emails and Instagram messages. 
for if you want to uh, like hear more tips on exercises on performance and draw more motivation tips then you can uh, and how different recipes for healthy food then you can definitely listen to my podcast kinetic living podcast yeah that is that is amazing i i can really recommend that to people please go thank and you. listen to that podcast yeah thank you all right so all of this good stuff and the links from this episode uh, will be shared in the show notes of this episode thanks urmi for making the time for this wonderful conversation i really appreciate it thank you so it. much and all the best to you as well thanks a lot hey guys this is himanshu again now before you move on here's something i want to share with you i have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle you can think of it as a weekly one page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which i've been pondering on in the last week it may contain popular articles blogs photographs instagram posts books videos products or thoughts it's completely free if you want to get it just go to himanshusasdeva.com That's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening